Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 14, Episode 8, titled 60s Girl Groups. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one groovy... Even though that, I don't think that would apply here. Groovy? Mm, that's more 70s. Yeah, co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... You dirty little vixen. <laughs> to, <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy... Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well. You and I just had a very lengthy conversation. It was a very interesting of just between us, very interesting episode of Just Between Us Girls. We mm-hmm. talked about how you almost killed somebody because you couldn't turn your barbecue on, your grill on. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. somebody in my world was killed, and now we've launched a full-scale investigation, and I've um, activated, I've sent instructions to Special Agent Humble Pie. Uh-huh. to um, start the Afterthought Bureau investigation over on Discord. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's because you're not over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia where you can find out all about what we're talking about. We have now special agents and people on the case. We are investigating. We now investigate crimes. Is essentially what I'm saying now. It doesn't stop just, not just crimes on the runway, Taylor. Actual <clears throat> crimes. Of which there were some this week. Oh, were there crimes on the runway? I don't know. I don't yeah, know fashion. there were some crimes on the runway. Oh, interesting. Um, but anyway, go to patreon.com slash afterthought media and join at, at any, any level you choose. It's a free country. And uh, get to hear all this amazing content and join the Afterthought Bureau investigation right here on Afterthought Media. Uh, all right. Uh, this week, the library is open and the queens take turns reading each other for filth for the main chat or for the maxi challenge. They're performing as 60s girl groups, and on the main stage, the category is Hard On. Diabetes named the winner of the challenge, while Carrie Colby and Jess- Jasmine Kennedy are placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Jasmine Kennedy was told, Shantae, you stay, while Carrie Colby was asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things about the episode, and one thing you did not. I enjoyed this episode, even though it was very much... The episode felt very like cotton candy esque mm-hmm. in that there was parts of it that were very fun and sweet, but I will not remember this episode. It kind of dissolved after it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but on, on a whole, I did kind of enjoy it. Yeah. I will say I loved the idea of the maxi challenge. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was a great way. It felt very much like a love letter to girl groups of the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I very much enjoyed that. I, we're going to talk about the reading challenge and no, wow. we're not. I decided today we're not talking about it. Oh, okay. Well then let me talk about what no, I no, no, about no, it no. right okay, now. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about it then. So I would say while my issues with the reading challenge still remain, um, there was it felt like there was more effort on some people's part to make it like the old reading challenges it wasn't just people hurling insults at each other that there was a couple of them that you could see them that they were doing it in a way that felt like you would see two girls do it at you know at the in the dressing room kind of thing so in that regards i liked that um the thing that i did not like as far as I'm concerned, this should have been a double sachet. The lip sync. I thought the lip sync was horrible, and I think Jasmine should have gone home too. Hmm. What about you? Well, first of all, I want to tell you something. Someone contacted me after they listened to the, the UK versus the world episode with Christian and Robert. Uh-huh. And they said, you know, I noticed something. Of all the hosts you have on these shows, Taylor is the only one that asks you what you think. The other <laughs> ones, Christian, Robert, they just say what they think, and then they don't ever ask you what you think. You have to say it. Everybody else, Lori, all of them. No one asks. The only one that does is Taylor. And I said, oh. Not, oh, that's why Taylor's the best host that I have. No, I, I, just, I, I no. wish he would tell me what he what I think when he wants to know what, when we do the show at four in the morning. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'll tell you what I think. First of all, I know what you're doing. I know exactly what you're doing, Taylor. And I'm not here for it. What am I doing? I'll tell you. You realized 
that genius Joe Batanz called this like a week or two ago. Where you, yes, on I was going to pull the clip. I didn't have time today because we did so early. <laughs> on a previous episode, you told me, oh, I think the reading challenge is going to be really shitty. And because they all get along. And I said, no, I'll bet you the reading challenge is better than usual because they get along and that they feel more comfortable reading each other. And then you laughed and gave me the finger like you did earlier. And, <laughs> and then, okay. but, but this proved me right. I'm not, I, don't, I agree. I don't think it's the greatest reading challenge of all time. But anyway, <clears throat> what I liked, I had the same thing as you, that the, the, the challenge of the main, the maxi challenge was very fun theme. I liked it. Fun theme. Uh-huh. Execution, I don't know, but the, good idea. I'm going to tell you something else. This Alec Mappa, great guest judge. If, if I agree 100%. He was really good. Yeah. Knew his shit. Wasn't overbearing. Wasn't a bitch. Was just perfect. Oh, seemed like he'd been doing it the whole time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The thing I didn't like. Look, maybe Diabetti is a fucking raging bitch. I don't know, but it seems so hard. Like they're trying to make her into the villain. They're trying to get something going. Mm-hmm. I don't like this fake Diabetti storyline. You know? Yeah. So and maybe she is annoying. I don't know. But the way that I, but that's hand- just it. She, she mm-hmm. doesn't seem. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can we can explore that more. And when they were picking out roles, <laughs> but it it feels in some ways in some ways very forced narrative yeah but then also they can only work with what she's given that true but and we'll talk about this uh when we talk about the choosing the teams and whatnot i feel there was a little bit of unfair things going on there but whatever okay well that's the end of the show anyway um (laughs) after the non-elimination lady cannon leads a cheer for her win while dia celebrates leaving the safe group Meanwhile, Jasmine reflects on coming out as trans, and Carrie and Angeria chase each other around the workroom. Before we get into the challenge proper, any big thoughts on this? I didn't think it was a big deal. I don't think that thing really happened. No, it was the usual. It was the usual people talking about how they felt and, and all that kind of stuff. I had thought when when Daya said, "I'm finally out of the safe zone," I'm like, oh, "Okay, they're telegraphing something." Yeah. Either she's going to continue to be up high, or she's going home this week. Yeah. Um. The only other thing is I did not understand what Angeria and Carrie were saying. I could, they were talking so fast and over each other that I have no idea what they said. Like they were saying she was making fun of Carrie that Carrie was hairy or something. That her legs were furry. Okay. I I remember I watched this twice. So yeah. I get a second viewing well, where I could catch. And I watched that scene twice too because I watched the first act preview on YouTube that usually comes out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I figured, oh, well, then maybe I'll be able to understand it on Friday. And when I watched it on Friday, I'm like, I don't understand what So what saying. you're trying to say, I want to interpret this because I want to make – by the way, we'll talk about this again. What you're trying to say is that when black people talk to each other, you can't understand them. Exactly. That's exactly right. what I'm saying. Send any email to the best of today at gmail.com, <laughs> by the way, if you're angry about that. <clears throat> Any other big thoughts on this whole thing? No, that was my only thought on on that part of the so show. So on a second viewing, I realized something. So it, it's funny because Jasmine Kennedy, let's talk about this. She's sitting down. She goes, well, guys, they didn't send anybody home. And what Rue's telling us and what basically what Rue's telling us is that we are a cast that's not to be meant – that's not meant to be dealt with. You know, don't worry. Not gonna, don't fuck around with this cast, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was like – first of all, I have a whole other thought on that, but I'm like – and I did the math. I was like, oh, no, they had to do the double uh, Shantae because it was three girl groups of three. So they had to, because of Cornbread's elimination, they had to do uh, the double Shantae. Okay. Because Cornbread okay. had self-eliminated. Yeah. So it, it, they're not telling you a message. You're great. They have, oh, my God, we have this plan for two different. Otherwise, there's going to be a girl group of two. And they didn't want that. Yeah. So... um so it had nothing to do with how great your cast is, Jasmine. And I'm not – once again, I've said it, but they're one of the most lovely groups of girls in the history of the show in terms of being nice, good people. But it's not uh-huh. how great your cast is, Jasmine Kennedy. Calm down. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to talk about Lady Camden. This is sort of a cringy moment. So Lady Camden sits down and she's like, I won, yay! And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, cheering for her, right? Appropriately so. And then Diabetti mm. goes, 
and I'm out of the safe zone. And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, not, not Diabetti noticing that Lady Camden screamed and everyone screamed for her. And now she wants to feed off that energy. And it was kind of uncomfortable. If I have to, <laughs> if I have to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, it's a little embarrassing. But I mean, this has been, they have definitely presented this to us as this is the only thing that matters to Diabetti at this point. This has been really her only storyline for the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the fact that she ate a dragonfly early on in the season, what else does, what else can we remember Diabetti for in this season? Well, you know what is weird is that and I guess we can, I can polish this thought as we go through the episode. But it's like Diabetti is not Jan because she actually escaped the safe zone and won and whatnot. Uh-huh. But there is a sort of like try hard energy about her. You know, she seems very intense. Yes. Yes, I was, um, I did something I don't normally do last night. I actually went on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, I don't know what the hell I was looking for, but I, they, they were talking about, no, not on Reddit. I, I don't go to Reddit for porn. Um, do you go to the porn decor lounge right there? And, uh, oh, that's Discord? the first thing I do on Discord. <laughs> whenever yeah. I sign in is I go to the porn decor lounge. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, I, I learned about a year ago about how to make lists on Twitter. So that like so that it's not part of your feed or anything yeah. like that. So I was like, oh, I can have myself a little a curated little uh list of sites that I enjoy. So mm-hmm. that's I that's where I really get my porn. Um but they were talking about that Daya Daya seems very focused and doesn't give a shit. She she's not gunning for miscongeniality. She's gunning for the win. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you need to work for, you need to get yourself further and further up the ladder. And mm-hmm. that is her main focus. And she doesn't necessarily care how it, she either doesn't care how it looks in the outside world, or she is very obtuse, not realizing this is going to affect her in the outside world. Yeah. A lot of the math nerds think you're saying that the, she has an angle that's greater than 90 degrees. It's not what it means. <laughs> She's narrow minded. Uh, the next oh, day. Psh. That wasn't a joke. That, that the narrow-minded I, part was kind of a joke. The next day, RuPaul <laughs> entered the workroom and announced the library is open for the reading challenge. After all was said and done, Bosco was named the winner of the challenge. Next, RuPaul explained this week's maxi challenge. The girls will write their own verses, choreograph their own routines, and perform brand new retro hits in girl groups of three. Um. In the workroom, the girls have to split into teams on their own, and most of the girls want to be on Team Bad Boy. Most of the girls split up evenly, but Daya digs her heels in and refuses to budge. Finally, Deja Sky relents and joins Team Runettes. Uh, we'll get to the team that follows. We'll get to the team when we come back to this. But, Taylor, let's stop and talk about that reading challenge. Okay. Um, that was, that's actually one of the few mini challenges we've seen so far this season, and it was a mini challenge. It was a reading challenge. Uh, the uh-huh. library was open. And do you have any big thoughts on this reading challenge? I thought that of all of them, Lady Camden was actually the funniest one. I agree with you. I was, I was surprised that Bosco won, except for, I think, the last joke that Bosco told about RuPaul's will mm-hmm. is that is the reason why she won, mm-hmm. I think, from what we saw anyway, because she was... You saw her kind of going along with watch it, bitch, kind of thing. Like, you know, what are you getting ready to say about me? But then when she realized that she turned it on the rest of the group, that was a smart joke. Mm-hmm. And I and and I think that that I feel like that's the reason why Bosco won, won the reading challenge. But if it, if I was the judge, Lady mm-hmm. Camden would have won. Yeah, and RuPaul did a weird, um, like, sort of like. Oh, Lady Camden, you were close kind of thing, which she doesn't usually do. She doesn't usually say, like, oh, it was between you two, but she did. She kind of gave Lady Camden, like, hey, you were up there, Lady Camden. Uh-huh. Um, so that was interesting. But uh, I also thought some of the jokes were very much of the – it just felt like in years past we've had queens that have just done the Joe Batanz, you know, and and then they just kind of say something shitty. 
Whereas mm-hmm. this one, it felt like the, the cadence in which they said it would be, like, as I said before, something that felt a little more organic. I actually have one from, I know what you're talking about, but this is from an old season. This Roberto Mata. That was weird, wasn't it? That was weird. <laughs> Guys, this is what happens when Taylor doesn't listen to the show until months later. I listen to them. I'm just behind. So that boy, that, that joke is going to be, mm, huh? In like six months. It's not that great of a joke. I just wanted to play that clip again. I am up to shows in end of November, early December. <laughs> well, this is from like two days ago. Okay. Well, then when I am driving to gay days in June, I'll think it's hysterical. Nah, it's not even that funny now. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Any other big thoughts on the reading challenge? No. What are your thoughts on the reading challenge? I thought it was a very strong reading challenge. Once again, I want to point out that I called this. I think it was one or two episodes ago. Right, okay. so because these girls get along so well, they're going to be good at reading each other. Was it the greatest reading challenge of all time? No, but it's, I will say it's the best one in quite a few seasons. I can't remember. I just remember last year's Gottmik being the only one that was funny. That's the only one that I remember. Um, so, but I felt like I laughed at a couple of other girls' jokes. There was the one about the jawline. I don't remember who said it, and I think they were talking to Jasmine. Mm hmm. That one was good. However, one thing that I found very annoying was the scream laughing from like Jasmine in particular. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very, we're going to laugh a little too hard at stuff. Well, she and Daya, which explains a lot, are both very try hard. And so you have the two type A gays in the front of the class and raise their hand too many times. Go, ooh, ooh, me, 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 pick me. Yeah. Competing with each other to be teacher's pet. Yeah. You know? And what I actually, that is, is a corollary to what I said is you could tell a lot of the reads were very fun because they like each other, but Daya and Jasmine reading each other was not fun. That was uncomfortable because they, they clearly do not like each other, at least at this stage yeah. in the game. I would and agree with that. So yes. it wasn't coming from a very like fun place. Um, and I agree with you that, um, <clears throat> Lady Camden was better. Uh huh. All right, let's talk about the workroom now. Now the the teams broke down. Well, before we before we even get to how the teams broke down, let's talk about the weird moment where they had to split each other, uh, split themselves up into teams. And Dio was like, "I am just saying it right here. I want to be the team bad boy." I think is what it was called, right? Yeah. What was your take on that whole moment? And everything that happened there. Finally, Deja was the one like, "Okay, fine. I'll I'll go to the team <laughs> runettes." What I wrote was, it's not a good look, but I get it. I get why she did it. She, she is, if you consider it to where, you know, where she is very one focus and she knows what she wants. And you talked about like in the beginning of the episode, Willow said something along. She goes, you know, the, the competition is heating up. She goes, which I know is like a cliche thing to say, but we're all starting to feel it a little bit. It makes sense in that regards that Daya would, you know, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I am going to live and die by this role. I am not going to be the person who goes, well, I guess I could take this role instead and then end up like floundering with it, mm-hmm. you know? So she had the potential if she did that to be, you know, kind of using UK versus the world where she kind of could have been the bag of chip, bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Or she could have been the jujube for when they were all trying to figure out who was getting what roles a couple of weeks ago on that show. Mm-hmm. Where she could have been, I want this role, I want this role, I want this role, I'm in the bottom. Mm-hmm. But she seemed to be very focused on what she wanted. D- d- does it make us all love Daya a little more? No. Because it was uncomfortable for us to sit there and watch that. Let alone, or I think Willow said she goes, it's just become a staring contest of where like nobody's willing to give up. Um. Well, that's why I think the editing, maybe because Daya was the loudest, was so unfair. But why was no one looking at, like, the focus of the camera and the edit was on Daya saying, I'm not budging. Now, Deja eventually does budge, but it's, the other people there are Deja, Bosco, and Willow. No one was, Uh we never saw them looking at, why was Bosco and Willow not the bitch if you're not budging? I think Daya wanted to work really badly with Bosco and Willow. She connects with them. They did well the week before. And I think she was like, I want to be with those girls. But she announced what she was doing first. Oh, good point. True. Either way, either way, I, I, I'm like, they painted, they did her wrong. They did her dirty because again, equally Deja, Bosco and Willow should have been up for like, why aren't they budging? 
but yeah. um, it worked. The fucking bitch won. So it paid off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is you have those situations in which you you do you hold your ground, and then but the, but but that's almost a okay, bitch. If you're going to hold your ground, then you have to blast it out of the water. Yeah. And in some regards, I she did that. I don't know that she necessarily deserved the win, but we'll get to that later. All right. Um. And the, I guess the reason also, if you're talking about editing as a factor, is there isn't a lot of drama going on. So if this is something where they could, the producers, the editors could make this into something where it looked like it was real conflict between everybody, then they're going yeah. to do what they can. Yeah. Uh, the, the group broke down as follows, by the way, when they finally settled on it. It was the Shang Rulaz, is Bosco, Diabetti, and Willow Pill. Then we have the Runettes, that was Deja Sky, Jasmine Kennedy, and Georges. And finally, we have the Rue Preems uh, with Angeria, Paris Van Michaels, Carrie Colby, and Lady Camden. Uh, any thoughts about how the groups broke down, Taylor? No, I thought that all three were, I mean, all three were good groups to me as far as I'm concerned, as far as the groupings went. Okay. All right. Uh, back in the workroom, the girl groups work on their concept and lyrics. The Shangri Laws define cruising over on the Runettes. Jasmine struggled with singing. And Carrie wants to take the Rue Preems to church. Uh, on the main stage, the girls group, the girl groups take turns recording their song. Michelle helps Angeria refine her Diana Ross impression. Carrie lacks correct characterization. The Shangri Laws titillate Michelle and on the Runettes, Deja shines while Georgia struggles to find the note, girl. Uh, let's start with that work of everything that happened in the workroom. Taylor, any big notes on them prepping before they go into the recording studio? I thought it was weird that they didn't know what cruising was. I, that, and there's part of me that I'm like, is that not a thing anymore? <laughs> no, because grinders replaced that. But my thing is, even though I know there are people who are still into it, uh, is, but the, even the definition they had where he was like, what's that thing where you're walking around? I'm like, is cruising walking around? Well, I think you're what kind of, I have never done it. So I can only go by what people have told me, but I think you are just kind of wandering around a park or a, restroom or wherever the places mm -hmm. are that people do that sort of stuff mm -hmm. disneyland <laughs> oh, i I'm would sure. never i'm sure people i would at disneyland. oh yeah i'm sure that there's in various restrooms and stuff i don't know about the restrooms at disney at the disney parks downtown disney i could see something yeah. like that happening or disney springs i don't yeah i don't know where you'd pull it off at disney but yeah uh anyway uh what I'm going to say is, have you ever been cruised? Yes. I mean, I've definitely had where I've had guys check me out, like in various, like whether it's at the supermarket or whether it's Target. No, or but it's like cruise where they're like, let's go to the other room. And I've never had somebody come up to me and say it, but I've had where I've had a couple of times where I had somebody kind of uh, magically they were in every aisle I was in. And then as I was checking out, they may get made eye contact with me and went towards the bathroom. Oh, interesting. And I just took my groceries and I went home. Uh, I've been cruising a couple of times. Never went anywhere because I get scared. Yes, right? that, is, that is fear is the main proponent from keeping me from doing something like that. The closest weird thing that happened to me was I went to go rent a car. <clears throat> this is when I was dating Cameron, actually. And I went to go rent a car. I think I told the story in Catching Up. And um, they had fucked up. I can't remember how, you know, but they had fucked up and I was pissed. And I read the um, the manager or whatever for filth. I was so mad, right? Uh -huh. And um, he's like, I'm so sorry. Here, you know, um, we're going to give you a free two days on the car. I don't know what it was, right? And he goes, tells this guy who works there, take him to the, this, we're upgrading your car and everything. Take him to his car. So they take me to the car. What's so funny? Uh -huh. and <laughs> this is the beginning of like a next door studio. I know it really video. is. Okay. And he goes, Oh, that was so, that was so amazing. The way you told my boss off. Yeah, that was wrong. Blah, 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 blah. And then he, I, this is so bold. Cause I hadn't, I mean, I mean, I guess I, I'm not saying I act straight, but like, I don't think I'm like Christian or something like that, you know, where <laughs> yeah. a purse falls out of my mouth. And he literally <laughs> grabbed my dick. He was, he was like showing me the car and he turned it on to it and he grabbed my dick. And I was driving to San Francisco. Maybe that was a big sign. He goes, so where are you going in San Francisco? And I let, I let him grab my dick and fondle my dick. And I was like, uh, yeah. And then, um, we didn't mess around, but it was very fondly. 
And then he was like, yeah, call me if you ever need anything. You know, I I can give you special oh. deals. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I and, bet you can. Yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> nothing ever happened with that. But. Now, how long did that go on for? Like, did you stand there and have a conference? Like, okay, so, all right. Are you in the car? Like, you're sitting next to each other in the car? Or were you? No, no, no. So the doors, you... the doors open. That's a good question. So the doors okay. open. All right. And, um, he's like, he's like, you know, the way you would if you're showing someone, like, if someone was buying your car. So they're in the driver's seat. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, where I'm in the driver's seat. I'm, you know, like there and he's standing like at the open door right next to me. And then he like starts playing with my dick. So he was like bending over to like no, play with. He grabbed his dick. arm. He moved his arm while he's like showing me. Like I'm trying to show you right here. He's like, oh, and then here's the speedometer, and like fondly my dick. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um. Yeah, and I, th- I think we may have even kissed or made out for a bit too. Good lord. Yeah, it was like, but it was only two or three minutes. It was, it was very. I have a lot of horny situations. That one was a, that one was a, a an unusual one. I've never had that happen to me before. I remember I excitedly called Cameron and told him what happened. <laughs> and what was Cameron's reaction? Oh, he was stoked. He was so excited. <laughs> Aiden's there. Aiden, what would happen if that happened to me while we were dating? Well, <laughs> I want to see what Aiden says. Is he still there? All right. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's there. He's typing. Okay. He's we're going to get an answer right now. Everyone who's listening at home, my boyfriend is listening live, and he's typing what his response would be. Um, he wasn't listening. Oh. Oh, Raymer said I got cruised at McDonald's. I, the only story I can think of, Raymer, can you remind me of the story? Because the only story I can think of um, was when someone recognized me from a commercial that I did, and they gave me free food. You did a commercial. Oh, you've never seen this? No. Okay, hold on for a second. All right, so I saw Taylor the commercial. And um, okay. it's pretty and, awesome. Yeah, and then someone <laughs> reminded me about a, a guy at a Burger Express who uh, had a disability. To, I'm telling you, he was so attractive, right? He did have a disability, which I don't care. I'm, I'm not, you know, an ableist. You know, and he uh-huh. offered to blow both me and my former co-host Mike Lawson from catching up in the parking lot. And Mike Lawson was like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." Yeah, and you were like, "Yeah, to the parking lot." Yeah. Well, then <laughs> I just thought of something. Yeah. I just thought of an experience I had, which isn't really cruising, but it's kind of cruising. When sure. I was in the dorms, yeah. I remember I got a anonymous phone call one night in my dorm room from somebody who said that they thought that I was really hot and they wanted me to meet them, I think in like one of the bathrooms in the classrooms, like in the class classroom areas so that they could, they could blow me. And I got scared and I hung up because at that point I only knew like five, five of like other gay guys on campus. And I knew it was none of them. And I was, I've thought to this day, I'm like, that was either, that I missed out on meeting future Mr. Latte Boy, or I would have. It was it was like five like baseball players waiting to beat the shit out of you. Like it was. It's only one of those two things. Well, don't you remember that was the priest that made out with me at the wedding? You yes, know? I kicked myself all night last night. Not what well, kicking myself wasn't the only thing I did myself that night. But uh, <laughs> I, was, I should have just gone home. I should have gone back to that hotel room with that priest. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't know what cruising was. Okay. Uh, what was the other topic I had here? Um, so, oh, well, recording recording the tracks. Yeah. When they came out and they recorded the tracks, um, one thing that I thought was funny that when I looked on Reddit last night was multiple people commenting that there were no wires hooked up to the back of the recording. Raymer's Raymer's pointed that out in the live episode discussion yesterday here on Discord. So. But I will say that this is a place where, you know, lover or hater, this is definitely a place where Michelle shines as far as a producer. That she seen even when people aren't great, they show her trying to be supportive. And I, I definitely appreciate that. I know that she's not the favorite for a lot of people, but I do, I do like when they put her in this position. 
I, you you really said both of my notes here. I was going to point that Ramers had mo- mentioned that uh, he didn't have wires going out of the back of his mixer. And I said, Michelle is good here because it's her actual lane. When she stays in her lane, she knows what she's talking about. You can't you, – I mean, I could make fun of Michelle as much as I want, but she was legitimately in a girl group that was very successful. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you can't take that away from her. The other note I have here is that George is – this might explain a lot – is such a lovable idiot. Uh, all right, why don't we do this, Taylor? Why don't okay. we take a break right here? When we come back, we are going to talk about the rest of the episode. Sounds good. Yeah. I, I can't do <laughs> Well, I can't do the other one because oh, I'll, my thro- I'll be in the hospital because you know, my throat. Uh, there's, anyway. there's Bible study going on out in the <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> there's no Bible study. No, there's no Bible study. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, my throat hurts. Sorry. It's funny because the music that you just you play for when we come back in is kind of reminiscent of the girl groups that we were getting. Oh, yeah. I, I can tell that uh, Christian, I don't know about Robert. Robert keeps his, his plays his cards close to the vest. Uh-huh. But, um, Christian is very judgy of our music on the show. Like, so judgy. Well, then it's good that Christian's not on this show. Well, no, no, no. Here's the deal. If someone can go on Epidemic Sound and I just don't, I go, what, I go, what is right here in front of me? What sounds okay? Boom. Yeah. Done. Right? Mm-hmm. And especially with these stingers, you're either going to go really weird with the stinger, you know, or like, there's the old stinger from Drag Race Australia that was like, because, oh, Aiden, no, which, which is it? Aiden, are, are these the, 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 the stings that you hate? There's, anyway, so on Drag Race Australia, Probably around here somewhere. Uh, we had to do different ones. Uh, I don't know if I found it right here. But this is the one for all stars, right? And then here's. Yeah, that one. See, I love those because that's usually when after Lori tells a joke, you play those and they always make. Oh, no. The old, we haven't done that in a long time. So what people should know is. Lori in the old days would just show up in the chat rooms and she would just start talking about random shit. We're doing a show. <laughs> and she would be like, what do you guys all think of the latest episode of uh, Murder, She Wrote? And so I would, whenever she did that, I'd play this. Oh, no, no, wrong one. That, that works so too. Then I play this. <laughs> For the Lori show. Uh, but we don't do that as much anymore. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. We're done. Um, <laughs> on the main stage, the group rehearsed the choreography. Deja's inner cheerleader coach dominates Georges and Jasmine. Willow Pill surprises the other girls with her rhythm and dance skills, while Carrie Colby struggles to keep up with her group's simple moves. Taylor, any big thoughts on the choreography? Um, They were talking about how Deja is a cheer coach choreography that is very different than dance as somebody who has spent time around cheerleaders mm-hmm. when uh taffy's daughters were school age and they were both very involved in cheerleading mm-hmm. you don't mix up cheerleading and dancing dancers uh-huh. don't like to be called cheerleaders and cheerleaders don't, don't like to be called dancers uh-huh. so i felt like the way she was coaching them felt very much like a cheer coach versus a dance coach. Yeah. So I, I thought that was going to be, that was going to be a challenge for them just in the way that she was, the way she was choreographing. Mm-hmm. Well, I have my notes here. Um, Oh, I love that Willow has been keeping secrets. And that, that was my next one. I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the first group, but yes, the, the, I, not telling, not showing all of your cards is smart. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't put down my groups. If you did, continue. Okay. And all I have is, um, oh, so a lot of the segments, not just this one, the, the recording one, the whole 
actual final production felt very stretched out and very long. Mm-hmm. Everything felt very long. They're desperately trying to fill time on this show because they don't have any story. So this choreo should not have been this long. Um, yes. But I did notice that with the recording, they only showed two of each girl. They should have done all three. Because, yes. yeah. Uh, all right. But what did you? Have, what else did you have to say about the choreography? The only other thing was the Angeria and um, Carrie. It, like, you know, they always show one of the groups really, really struggling. And then you think, okay, well, then they're going to be able to come out of it. We didn't necessarily see that this time. Um, but that that just felt very boilerplate drag race dance dance uh portion of a of a maxi challenge it was yeah. sort of like okay we've seen this before yeah there really wasn't much to say i mean i literally I, my notes are actually almost done uh mm-hmm. it's elimination day and the girls get ready for the runway carrie reveals her religious mother never allowed her to listen to modern music diabetti confronts jasmine for jasmine's comments about her in the reading challenge meanwhile jasmine holds her ground accusing daya of talking about her behind her back Let's talk about this elimination day. Taylor, any big thoughts? Um, I, uh, talking about the girl groups in the beginning, and I know that Lady Camden talked about Spice Girls. Did you, were you a girl group fan growing up? I mean, we talked about before we started taping that you loved Motown. And of course that's a, but were there particular bands from when you and I were growing up that you were a big fan of? So here, it's, it's funny you're saying this because I thought about this because I was like, why do I love Motown so much? Why do I like the 60s girl group so much? And it's because my father used to drive, mostly drive us to and from school. Sometimes my mom. Okay. Right? Sometimes my mom, but mostly my dad. And so my mom was very young and whatnot. So she would listen to 80s music, but she had a very specific kind of 80s music she listened to. So I was always hearing like, my mom, Fucking loves Gloria Stefan. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot stand that shit. You know, I used to love Gloria Stefan. Uh, okay, go ahead. Turn the beat around. They want me to see this musical. I wanted to turn the seat around. This, <laughs> I want to see Gloria Stefan musical, right? Uh-huh. And um, if I was a critic, I'd written put turn my seat around. Anyway, <laughs> and um, and so that's what she would listen to, the like Gloria Stefan, and like that style of pop music from the 80s yeah and then uh she loved madonna you know stuff like that my dad on the other hand only listened to the oldie station so all we ever heard were 50s and 60s music and i didn't have an older sibling you Uh know so i didn't get my 80s knowledge until college or high school um and i was like oh this is what i've been missing so because all i ever heard growing up were oldies and then i discovered broadway musicals and um yeah so girl groups i am not one of i'm not a diva gay there are some girl groups i definitely connected with i really very much loved like en vogue and tlc um but also the 60s girl groups really i loved too but uh, i don't know about you what about you so you were more i love the music yeah i was definitely you know in the 80s I was a big fan of, I love the Go-Go's. The Go-Go's was probably the first girl band that I really like, was like, oh, girls can rock out and, yeah. and, and this is awesome mm-hmm. as a group, not just like mm-hmm. as a lead singer. Um, and I also loved, uh, Bananarama was a group that I loved. Their greatest hits CD is a really great CD with, you forget how many songs that they had that only like really made it to like, number 17 you know on the u.s charts but they were still really bananarama good. and bananarama yeah what songs i mean they had uh well i mean there's venus obviously and cruel summer those were their big songs but then there were songs like um he was really saying something um and what was the one uh love in the first degree so, stuff like that and, and they're just great songs from like the mid to late 80s um mm-hmm. and i was a huge expose <coughs> fan oh, i really? loved expose yeah they were they were my favorites but then i also loved the spice girls and i was a big wilson phillips fan for like the three years that they were popular mm-hmm. i definitely loved their first album their second album's okay mm-hmm. but i saw now this is very late 80s early 90s when i say this i saw richard marks in concert in mm-hmm. high school and Wilson Phillips was the opening act. And I thought Wilson Phillips was better than Richard Marks. 
I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what. See, because my music, I think that's kind of why. It, I think one of the good things is that, like, I would say that my music, my real musical taste, not what I have here. I think I'm about ten years younger. Uh-huh. Uh So, like, I have the same musical taste as someone who's like thirty-five or thirty-six. Okay. okay. So I like a lot of very hipster indie music. Also, the thing, and this, I think this goes with like gender identification. I've never, and I'm not saying that this is a judgment or anything. I've never really identified uh, with my female side. Don't get me wrong; I can belt it out in the Broadway musical, but like, they didn't really do it for me. Like in terms of like, I attach my. In other words, the same way that Lady Camden really identified with the girl groups. Yeah. I very much actually, I, I will tell you, like, for instance, you know, the same moment that uh, um, Carrie has about hearing Destiny's Child or Beyonce in the mall or uh-huh. something. It was the same thing. Because remember, I was very sheltered and almost like Carrie, but just mine was fucking the 1960s and, you know, 1950s. <laughs> uh-huh. And I remember I finally got out of the chain and I was in college. No, 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 no. I was in high school, but I was like a junior. And I somehow heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I was like, what is this? And that really like blew my mind in terms of what music was and whatnot. So Nirvana was a very important band for me. Kind of the way people talk. I I never really identified with female energy like that. Um, Even though I like them and even I think I identify with it more now. But... Uh um, because you know what it could be too, and this is going into a whole other topic. I went to an all boys high school, which people go, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> is that what they say? Yeah. Well, because a lot of the guys talk like that there, but it was actually very, <laughs> it was very hyper masculine at that school. Yeah. And so I didn't have the females around, apart when I was in theater, to what? That was another place you got cruised. Oh, I know. I didn't want. To, I know. I know. I know. When I was in high school, I know. I I thought about that actually. But do I really want to tell that story? But I was like, you told that story like four times. I know. That's why. That's why I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. People have heard this story a hundred times. Anyway. Um. So, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I had sex in in the boys' locker room in high school. So, uh, boring. So, um. And by the way, for everyone, I was in high school at the time. Okay. <laughs> Before the joke started in the chat room. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, but it was very hyper masculine. So I wasn't really exposed to female energy, really, right. apart from Broadway musicals. So my path went down that road, you know. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's very interesting about gender identity. Because even John Paul, I don't think John Paul was really into those songs either i think we both sort of had and he was at the high school with me so it's funny you it's funny you met i've never thought of i was always a big i loved madonna i loved you know these girl groups that we're talking about and stuff and i was a huge oddly enough i was a huge jody watley fan like i loved jody watley and i think that i've never thought of it as kind of working through my females aspect of my of my gender my you know all of that kind of stuff i never like of identifying with that as much i've never i've never really thought of it in that regards i just always thought oh these are these you know fierce women that look awesome and and sing songs that i like it's very very interesting it's something you know my manager wanted me to go on another podcast i don't even know if the podcast is still around about diva gays they would have other people on to talk about who their diva was and I think one of the reasons that I never went on, because I talked to them and I was going to go on, is that I really am not a diva gay. And maybe the closest would be in terms of comedy. Actually, in terms of comedy, I very much, even as a small child, identified with female comedians. So I uh-huh. was a huge Joan Rivers fan. Yeah. You know? Um, a huge uh, Phyllis Diller. Loved seeing her because she was crazy. I'm talking about the mm-hmm. small child. And um, and then even, you know, somebody was asking me about Kathy Griffin. One of uh, my favorite things I used to do was there was a time when Kathy Griffin was between Suddenly Susan and becoming Kathy Griffin. She did this run at the Laugh Factory every Wednesday night at an evening, actually, like 6 p.m. She did uh, a one-woman show for two hours. And I would go almost every week. And it was so fucking funny. It was a very small thing. And she would just tell stories. It was very pre-famous with Kathy Griffin. 
And so mm-hmm. I've always just, and I remember like losing my mind over that. Like that was my female comedians were my divas. Like yeah. I wasn't even thinking what I was going to talk about in there because Lucille Ball as a child, I really loved and learned from Lucille Ball. But also like I've talked about this multiple times that if I were to do Snatch Game, uh, 100%. One, do you know this? Who I would be? No. Oh, 100% I would be Endora from Bewitched. <laughs> um, and cause as a kid, I loved, loved, loved Endora. Uh-huh. Um, I just thought she was so fucking, she's, by the way, for everyone listening, she is, she's cisgender female, Agnes Moorhead, but she was a drag queen. That, Endora is a drag queen. Yes. Well, Endora is yes. 100% a drag queen. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm surprised no one's done Endora because I think RuPaul would eat that shit up if they did Endora. They probably, well, I mean, she could, they could be Agnes Moorhead, <laughs> they could be Agnes but I guess Moorhead. they're not allowed to be, but uh, yeah, wearing the, wearing the peach and the, and the teal, um, outfit with Moo-moo. the collar and everything. Yeah. yeah the Moo Moo. Yeah. So that would be awesome. That would be um, awesome. If you are a big Lucille Ball fan, huge, there is a, a podcast called Life with Lucy mm-hmm. that's through Sirius XM that it's, she apparently had a radio show back oh, really? in the sixties mm-hmm. and she interviews all sorts of famous people in it. Oh, and really? It's, it's, and they're about like 15, 20 minutes long, but it's weird to hear like where she's interviewing like Mary Tyler Moore, but that's oh. while Mary Tyler Moore is still on the Dick Van Dyke show. Well, I'm, I am going to check that out. That is very interesting because something that was very interesting about Lucy was she didn't consider herself very funny. Um, and her daughters talked about that too, that actually Desi was the funny one and that, um, she just did was one of those, she was a really good actress. And mm-hmm. so the talk of so I, I and but she was a very good. She loved great conversations. I bet you that would be a good interview show. They, they are there, and there's something very charming about them because it feels very. It, it's clearly there are times where you can hear. You know, editing has gotten much better. Where they clearly interviewed somebody over the course of a half an hour, but she had to break it up into ten minute segment segments. Yeah. So suddenly the sound changes. Where she goes, "Well, I really enjoyed this, but we have to go. Can I talk to you tomorrow?" And then they have where it's the same person go, "Yes." <laughs> like oh. it's, it's very where they clip things together to make <laughs> uh-huh. it sound like the person's coming back the next day, kind of thing. So yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. They're they're really good. Yeah, I'll, I didn't know about that. I'll check it out. Check it out. Um. All right. Uh, going back to elimination day. Yeah. I do love there was one, I think it was Carrie that was like, I loved all kinds of girl groups like Beyonce and Destiny's Child. I'm like, Beyonce was in <laughs> Destiny's Child. Right. right. But, um, let's talk about Diabetti's confrontation of Jasmine for her comments about her in the reading challenge. Then Jasmine comes back with, you know, she's two faced because of what she said in Untucked. What were your thoughts on that? I wrote, be careful when you ask a question, you might get the answer. About that. Whom? Uh, yes yeah. <laughs> about about both of them i think that it seemed to me mm-hmm. that jasmine it, it, it seemed very much a non-issue to me as far as that like when they showed the clip <laughs> it wasn't that she was necessarily complaining about jasmine as much as it was more i don't understand how the judges can like that ugly dress and not like my dress or the, because the Jasmine's got a great body, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, she's not, no, she is at no point saying that that's all Jasmine offers. Yeah. But I think that that's the way Jasmine took it. I thought this was the stupidest fight I've ever heard in my entire It is. Life. I agree. How do you talk shit on someone on a television show? She's not talking. She's saying it in front of your fucking face, basically. There's a fucking goddamn camera right, right there. She's sitting with other drag queens on a show called Untucked. There's a whole show about it. She, It's not behind your back because you're going to hear it, right? One. Uh-huh. Two. This Jasmine Kennedy, right? She is the biggest shit talker in these confessionals. Uh-huh. Is she leaving the confessionals? Very good point. That's a very good point. Is she leaving the confessionals and saying, uh, oh, Daya, I said this about you in the confessional, or Deja, I said what a, you know, uh, ugly pig you are, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, Angeria, I talked about your smelly cunt right here on the confession. No, she's not saying that. By the way, do you think Georges ate out Orion? 
I don't know. That was that was a very like oh, there's a storyline that we never got. Yeah, that was that was an odd kind of came out of nowhere. And George is so little, he can probably just climb inside Orion's butt <laughs> like a spelunker. <laughs> anyway, it was a dumb fight because there's no yes. Y- y- and you're right, both of them are dumb. Daya's dumb, and Jasmine's dumb. They're both dumb, mm-hmm. big dummies. All big right, let's, dummies. Let's talk about that maxi challenge, the '60s girl group numbers. Um, did you have any big thoughts on what you saw there? I liked. Uh, something that's weird i get why they did it but i almost wish they didn't <laughs> last week for the uh the daytona wind episode they had it where it looked like an 80s like the video quality and it was like in that three-fourths you know three-four ratio and the, it was like i almost wish they had filmed this in black and white where they had done the same thing with it Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, if people would have bitched because it wasn't in HD and you couldn't see the colors, up, but there wasn't like these outfits were super colorful or super like you needed to know whether the dress was pink or orange or yeah. whatever. Um, but I, I liked the fact that all three groups stayed on stage at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that there, I liked the backup dancers. I, oh. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed what they did. At first I thought the songs were too long, mm-hmm. but then I thought, well, no, they're probably, they're doing a full song that she can then release as singles. Um, Did they release them? I don't know if they released them or not. I'm sure somebody in the chat room could tell us. Uh, <laughs> could someone do the work on that, please? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, but, I, you know, and but even then those songs are only like two and a half minutes long, but we've just gotten so used to whenever they do these things that each girl only sings for about 14 seconds, like when they're doing rusicals and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Did they do a rusical yet this season? I don't know, actually. They're doing... usually that's later that that's that's earlier in the season than if we're getting down to They're doing eight they're girls. doing um Snatch Game really late too, because I saw on my Philo, it showed two episodes ahead. So next week is something called Menzies, but then the next week is called Snatch Game. So Snatch next game. week is called Menzies? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, yes, I, I, I do know Snatch Game is in two weeks. Oh. So. oh, look at you, insider insider knowledge. Yeah, unfortunately, I because I went on Reddit, which I don't normally do, then again, much like Daya, I asked questions and then got answers, and now I'm bummed because I spoiled something for myself. Oh, you spoiled but, some things? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm staying away from Well, spoilers. I spoiled one thing, and then I told my husband that, and then he was like, "Yeah," and and then he said something that I'm like, "Well, I didn't know that, so mm. I know two things. I know two things about what's going to happen in the coming weeks." Oh, so there's some shocking things that are going to happen. There's something shocking going to happen. Oh. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, and it is on. Yes, the the at least the the first one that we're seeing is "My Baby Is Love," mm-hmm. which is Carrie Angeria and Lady Camden is available. I'm assuming it's on Spotify That's or the it's best on YouTube. One. It's on YouTube. That's the best one. I was singing it last night. Uh, so I kind of like the one about cruising. I liked that it was funny. I liked that it was a little tongue in cheek. By the way, let's talk about this now. This is Nigeria. Talking about how she does Diana Ross interact, she does a horrible Diana Ross. Yeah, it's not a great Diana Ross, but I can see where she could get in in a smoky bar. I can yeah. see where she could get away with Diana Ross. By the way, the Hollywood Bowl released season. Diana Ross is doing two nights at the Hollywood Bowl, and I'm kind of wanting to go. I have a. I probably shouldn't tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I have a client who for reasons I'm not going to get into saw Diana Ross a couple of years ago when she was in town and we spent an entire session where he gushed about how amazing she was and what a good show she put on. Um, I have stories about Diana Ross too. All right. Anyway, My baby but what, a, what a horrible human being she is. Oh no, we, we, he, yes, I have heard horrible, horrible stories about that, that she is truly a diva. Somebody I know, I'll say this, the mother of somebody that I know saw her at a supermarket, didn't, didn't recognize her, you know, uh-huh. and she was being really awful to the cashier, 
And then at some point it clicked like, oh my god, that's Diana Ross, and she beat all of that cashier. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, your thoughts on the main stage challenge? Well, I, sh- I just shared them. That oh, okay. I, I, I wish that it was in general. black and white. Okay. Um, th- I <clears> thought <throat> that the the Rupreme's Ru- the the one that the my baby's love was better than I expected it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um the runettes were mm-hmm. that was horrible. All three of them really probably should have been at the bottom. Yeah. Including Deja, it just was. It just felt it 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 didn't feel cohesive. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I was very whatever about the actual product. I like the idea oh. of it, but yeah. Yeah, I almost wonder if part of the reason that they had them do this, though, was so that nobody could rap. Because I feel like that's become the easy, well, we're just going to rap instead of actually sing. Whereas this time they had to actually sing. But then you had Georges, <coughs> who kind of just did the did, did the spoken part instead of, of singing, which I kind of thought was a cop-out compared to but some of the But they used to do that in those songs, though, then. Yeah, but uh, if there had been a combination of everybody got to just uh, speak a little bit and sing, I would have felt like that was a little more fair. Yeah, but I, th- I think they couldn't get this dummy Georges to <laughs> she couldn't she couldn't even get the 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 um, cadence of the yeah line. yeah she's not very bright. All right, then no other thoughts, Ch- Taylor. I almost called you Chaler. Chaler. Cheater, cheater. Um, no, that's that's pretty much all my thoughts. Do you have any uh, no. thoughts? You you pretty much nailed my thoughts. I don't really have a lot of thoughts on the actual. I I watched it three times actually. I couldn't get anything. All right, now it's time for the looks. Taylor, what are your big? What are your favorite? Some of your least favorites. What are the notables for you? The notables for me were definitely I loved Bosco's look. I was a little worried from the first two because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like any of these. And then Bosco came out with the very Bram Stoker's Dracula hair, the Francis Ford Coppola hair, and mm-hmm. doing something a little different. Um, I thought Georges was fucking beautiful. She she was amazing. Um, and I would say I I actually liked carrie's makeup and wig it was something slightly different that we saw that it was kind of that hard it was still beautiful she was still giving very much beauty but it was just like kind of this weird like evil beauty mm-hmm. that i that i very much liked um the ones that i did not like were i didn't like deja uh i thought jasmine's was really boring and really sloppy mm-hmm. um and I, I didn't. Everybody keeps talking about how great Willow Pills look was. I did not like it at all. I didn't get it at all. Do you have any thoughts on the looks? No. Okay. I well, will those say are this. The looks. Yeah, I, 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 it, I will say having bring it to the runway and you guys doing it. It's I enjoy. I watch the looks. I enjoy watching them. I just never have any thoughts. It's like such a blind spot in my world. It's like mm-hmm. asking me, what are my thoughts on the NFL? I don't know. <laughs> it really is. It, it, really, yeah. it, it really is similar to that. I know I have more notes someplace. Oh, there they are. <clears throat> all right. Well, there you go. Those are the looks. Um, all right. On the main stage, RuPaul names Diabetti the winner of the challenge and places Carrie Colby and Jasmine Kennedy in the bottom two, forcing them to face off in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, a horrible rendition of Unbreak My Heart. By Tony yes. Brack. That was awful. I used to love that remix to work out to. It's uh-huh. the Hex Hector remix. Yeah. That I, but it is, they, they almost like modified the remix in a way that was, it just, no, you're, I agree with you. It was not good at all. Yeah. In the end, Jasmine Kennedy wins the lip sync while Carrie Colby is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Tell us about the lip sync. Tell us any notes that you didn't get out. Okay, so did you get a vibe? Now, we've talked about the fact that they seem to be RuPaul is clearly picking up shit from Dragula. Like, as far as the, with like the, the, they have to go out right away and, and all of that sort of stuff. When Jasmine interrupted Ru, that felt very Dragmorta. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> I don't remember this. What are you talking about? Yeah, Jasmine, Jasmine interrupts Ru at one point when she's talking with her. Ja- Rue's trying to say something and Jasmine talks over her. Oh, and really? you see Rue kind of look a little slightly perturbed and Jasmine immediately <laughs> apologizes, but then keeps talking. And I'm like, that's the type of shit on Dracula that she would that would have sent her home. Like it we saw so this season. Funny. Else. 
after I was thinking about the last episode of um of uh what's it Dragula? called? Dragula? No, 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 no. Of uh when we did UK versus the world. And I uh-huh. think there was a listener to who listened live who was not happy that there was so much fucking white people talk. Like, oh, these fucking white people, right? Okay. But I, I will say there is a perspective from a person of color. You wouldn't see this, I don't think. Where I'm like, Jasmine is just such a, a like, I'm not even mad. I'm like, that's just fucking Jasmine, just like an entitled white girl. You know, like, that's how they okay. are. That's literally yeah. Jasmine is an entitled white girl. You know? We're and, a young, attractive Yes. We, so, so there is privilege there that yes. we don't recognize that we, yeah. Even no. with the crying about everything. I mean, literally, she is an entitled white girl who just says and does stupid, stupid shit. So when you talk about that, I'm like, of course, that is what a basic white girl would do is interrupt somebody and then apologize and then keep going and be oblivious. Yeah. They're not even being mean spirited or anything. They're just like, this is what I'm doing. Oblivious is a really great word to use to describe. To describe that. Yeah, and I can see why people tire of Jasmine for that way, but whatever. Sorry, white people. What were you so, <laughs> so uh, continue? So, when I, I think, oh, sorry, sorry. So, anyway, I think that this could have been a double sachet. Oh, um, because, yeah. Because it was just not good. And Carrie looked done at the end of it. Th- that was just sort of a mm-hmm. what, whatever. I, I've gotten everything I can out of this experience. Well, yeah, and, th- and there is a thing where, too, where it's like she was – they made fun of her in the reading challenge. She had yet to win a challenge where she's like, well, I'm not crushing this, so let's just peace out. Yeah. You know? Um, And there's an entitled beautiful person version of that, too. And I would – oddly, I never watch this, but I would encourage our listeners to watch Whatcha Packin' this week where she talks to Michelle. Oh, really? Um, and she kind of gives like a little bit of like her life story that made me always I, talking about her life story. I feel like every, every no, but was, this, this was, this gets a little bit more in, involved. Um, and, but in a way that it's still a fun 11 minute, you know, YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And it made me, if I had known more about this, mm-hmm. I might've rooted even harder for Carrie than I did. So it's it's a little sad. I I mean I could see Carrie coming back for an All Stars season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on the episode, Taylor? That's everything I got. I will say there was a funny moment I forgot to mention when in the elimination day, Lady Camden's giving us a, a half serious story about how important the Spice Girls were to her, and how people would pick on her and and the girls would her friends would organize and protect her and she's uh-huh. sharing this story and you just hear in the background like a, ah! <laughs> <Which is> clearly, <laughs> Jeff, it's so distracting you know yeah and uh it was very very a very strange moment but that's everything that i have as well taylor well all right that's gonna do it for this week's episode of rupaul's drag race recap be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss dissect and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. So for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself. Sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Taylor has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Copilot, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Agnesia Chopinska, April Pacheco, Astute Girl, Brad Coley, Coco San Pedro, Declan Prosser, Drew Brooks, E. Smith, Emma, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Lauren Eckert, 
Lionel Campbell, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Nicholas Springham, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travis Newland, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson, Corinna Williamson, Elizabeth Timmer, Nikki Baker, Robert NYC, David Olson, and Alexandra Sixth. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>